0: The Big Footy Port LA podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda power. 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 I love the power. I love the power. I love the power. Welcome to the Port Fan Radio Network. I'm Rick Ewenhoven. This is the Big Footy Port podcast, I was going to say portcast, podcast. Podcast <laughs> and um, Brought to you by New Vision. We're having a little bit of a tech issue here. We've got one of the guests on and another one we're trying to work out how to get on. So um, work with me whilst we go through this minor technical difficulty. Um, wish it was on better uh, terms tonight. After a lovely 3-0 start, we've dropped to 3-1. and but life goes on and there is another week for us because it's only four rounds into the season and I'd still take three and one every day of the week. So, again, I have with me tonight uh, Uncle Phil from the Albert and Front Bar. Uncle Phil, how are you?
1: I'm good, mate. You must be pretty honoured to have uh, the quality of someone from Albert and Front Bar on your on your little
2: show. Yeah, it's just it must a shame. be pretty exciting for you.
1: Just,
0: just a shame we don't have the matching... Uh, um, the intellect that goes with my show—that's all. But um, <laughs> personality-wise, you, you're close. But uh, yeah, all good. <laughs>
1: nah, looking looking forward to it today. Besides, uh, yeah, I don't particularly like doing shows after the losses, but um, I've had a you know a day to process it now, and uh, I'm a couple of beers in, so we should okay. be right. But we need to we need to get Bevan on for yes. some um, actual sensible football talk because you know you're not going to get that out of me.
0: Actually. Bevan um, is a bit of a, Bevan's reached out to me on Facebook saying, hey, um, yeah, I'm keen to come on and join your show one night. And so I had a look and he's a Channel 44 presenter and uh, does the does some uh, previews with Phil Smythe and uh, oh, nice. radio, show, radio show hosts in the Riverland. Um, he's uh, And he's just said, bear with him. He is just getting the app. So we'll, we'll dial him into the call um shortly as we we're trying to I was going to say
1: yeah I was just wondering if he'd maybe listen to some of our shows with with all his capabilities and thought yeah no I don't want to I don't want to stoop down to that level anymore but it seems like he's he's ready to go hopefully soon so we should we should have him on yeah should be good.
0: yeah so uh, what we'll do is um, we'll start the uh, the show anyway and uh, and then he can catch up so as I do every week um, we'll do a quick uh, review of the results and the ladder and uh, have a bit of a general, general chit chat of the round. So, we started with a, a great result on Friday night where Collingwood toppled the Crows, doubling their score 106 to 58. And then the rest of the round seemed uh, quite predictable. Margins probably blew out more than what we we're expecting. Uh, Giants uh, defeated uh, Frio by five goals, Richmond uh, demolished Brisbane. Which is a bit depressing from a port perspective. Uh, Sydney beat Bulldogs just away. North Melbourne crumpled, crumpled or made the uh, uh, the Blues crumple anyway. Um, West Coast beat the Suns. Essendon unfortunately beat Port. Hawthorne demolished Melbourne Demons and Geelong beat St Kilda. So Geelong are a bit of form coming into our game. I guess the uh, we've in the previous show we spoke about Hawthorne and the uh, defeat of the Demons, who started off really well. I guess for me, uh, the other one, which is sort of port-related, is uh, is Richmond and how Richmond demolished Brisbane. And we, um, we on the other hand, struggled uh, to just get by. Um, yeah, it was a
1: little bit disheartening watching that game after, after what had happened the week before.
0: All right. Well, we, might, we might get Bevan chipping in. Um, what did you think? Were you expecting Brisbane to crumple badly as they did,
1: Phil? No. And no, absolutely not. And it, it started, the, the, the start of the game, a little like Charlie Cameron keep the goal within, you know, the first minute or so, and then it was reviewed and for some reason given uh, as a point. Can
0: you hear me all right? We can hear you. Hello. Beauty. Beauty. How are you, Bevan? <laughs>
2: I'm well, thanks, how are you?
0: Yeah, good. Um, good stuff. Thanks for thanks for just uh, making our unprofessional show unprofessional, that's all, all good, we, we're used to this uh, this minor tech stuff, so <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking. <laughs>
1: See, on my show though, mate, like the Albert and Front Bar, we don't have any of these tech issues, it's just quality <laughs> the whole time, quality professional <laughs> podcasting.
2: No, nah, all good guys, no worries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good work. So we're just—I'll uh, get an intro from you shortly. We're just—we're um, just reviewing the weekend's games. Um, sure. do, I saw you did a, a bit of a snippet with uh, on Friday with the great Phil Smythe on a review reviewing the or previewing the games of the weekend. Was there was there a standout result for you from the weekend's pictures outside of the Port Adelaide game?
2: Well, I reckon um, probably Friday night, guys. Uh, I know a lot of people were predicting that us uh, Collingwood knocking off the Crows. Um, I mean, it was great for us, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely the Pies were superb and um, just the way they sort of attacked the ball and, you know, wanted that contested footy so much, they sort of made the Crows second rate, which was a real surprise in the end.
0: So, all right, we might as well um, get the What did story. you guys think? I was saying um, I was shocked by... Richmond's demolition of Brisbane after Brisbane was so uh, sticky against Port. The following week, they. Um, but I, yeah, yep. in, the, in our preview show on Thursday, I did. I was saying that I expect um, teams like Brisbane to fall off after a few, um, a few, few losses in a row. So, but I wasn't expecting it to happen so early. But yeah, they were demolished.
2: Yeah, I, I'm a bit the same. I was. I was really surprised because. I thought they, they were definitely on the improve this year, the way they played against us last week. I mean, um, I know it was really hot and those sort of conditions they're used to, and we're not so much. And uh, we just sort of looked tired in the end in that last quarter against Brisbane. And, yeah, I did actually feel as though um, with, you know, Hodge and Cameron in their side, that they were, like, starting to improve. But, yeah, on Saturday, they were terrible, weren't they, against Richmond? Yeah,
1: so... It would be pretty disheartening as a supporter, wouldn't it? Like, you, you would have you would have gone in, you know, for for a loss... They would have walked away pretty, pretty content with that. I would have thought, if you are a Brisbane supporter, and then to, you know, to follow that up the way they did against Richmond, it be uh, pretty disheartening. I'd imagine. Yeah,
2: hundred. Yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. And what about um Carlton supporters, guys? How and Saints supporters? You'd have to be hmm. um pretty disappointed to be backing for those teams at the moment. Yeah, you'd
1: think so. Although you know, I think yeah, again, it, it, you know. I would have thought Carlton would have been on the up a bit this season and that was that was terrible. Absolutely oh, terrible.
2: They were shocking, weren't they? I know I know they lost Murphy before the game, but you can't blame just one player. They were shocking.
1: So were yeah. we, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll get, so were yeah. we. We'll, we'll
0: get to that one. Yeah, we'll get to that, won't we? So um Bevan, just yeah. quickly for the people that are uninformed, um, What's your background? Um, I noticed you're a, a presenter on Channel Forty Four, and, um, and yeah, uh, you're, uh, you've done a, a radio show in the Riverland. So, how? What's your port yeah. supporting journey, and and your journey in general?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I've always been a, a Port Maggie's fan ever since I was a kid. So, I grew up sort of backing from the maggies and having the number 11 on the back of my guernsey and actually had a mullet like scotty hodges so he was my idol <laughs> um and yeah always been a big a big fan of the of the maggies and then when the power came in yeah definitely been a power fan as well and i've had season tickets the last couple of years i had season tickets to the power for a number of years and then so there's a few years there where i was sort of um just had i was living away a bit and doing different bits and pieces but yeah back on the back on the wagon for sure and uh, really enjoy watching Port play and how they go about it. And um, I think ever since Hinkley's taken over, we've just been playing really exciting footy and, you know, I love the way we just take the game on. And yeah, there's been some ups and downs like the weekend, of course, but I think we've got a really young, exciting group. And um, we showed last year that, and, and against Sydney the other week, that our best footy is good enough. It's just a matter of sort of just showing that consistency, I guess. And and hopefully we can get back on the horse this week against Geelong. Um, in terms of my myself, Yeah, so uh, probably a few years ago, I decided I wanted to get into the media, and um, I started doing a Bachelor of Arts in Media and Communications, and I finished that in 2016, and whilst I was doing that, I was lucky enough to do a few different internships. I spent a week at Channel 10, a couple of weeks with um, Southern Cross, Port Piri, and also the ABC Port Piri, and also um, I did some stuff with Radio Adelaide, so I was on a Friday night sports show called Sports Talk with a guy by the name of Sam Tugwell, which was really good experience and we got to you know interview some good people like phil Smythe and jim wilson tara rush and these sort of people that was great and then produced a sports show with phil Smythe and kg on radio adelaide which is where i got all these great contacts from which i sort of took forward to my role in the riverland as i was a solo announcer and producer I pretty much did five people's job by myself so i was like a solo announcer producer did all the paneling everything for about five and a bit months and then Unfortunately, that job sort of fell through, so I'm back in Adelaide now, just you know, trying to get experience again, and um, hopefully get back into my next dream radio job.
0: Good work, you and you and Phil can have a love story off on the side. He'd uh, he'd be loving <laughs> your story right at the moment. So, um, yeah. So back to football, but thanks for that. I I love it. I love those stories. I reckon you won't be far away, my friend. Um, So the ladder, as it stands at the moment, GWS are now on top with a nice healthy percentage. West Coast second, which is a bit of a surprise. Richmond have gone up to third. Hawthorne fourth, another surprise for me. Ports fifth. Sydney is sixth. We're all equal on 12 points. Just the percentages, the variance there. North Melbourne, surprisingly, are eighth and then there's obviously a host of teams um, with adelaide on ninth which is quite humorous anyway um, <laughs> so that is the ladder as it stands so boys we've plummeted down to fifth from first how the mighty can fall is it is it doom and gloom for us at this point in time or are we okay
1: not yet it's not it's not doom and gloom yet you know where I, look, and I'm guilty of it as well. You, you you suffer a loss like that, and you know I'm throwing things at the TV and swearing and getting in trouble from my wife. But um, you know you just you just hope we follow it up this weekend. If we, if we can get a decent win against Geelong, I reckon we're we're kind of back on track. Um, it's a bit disappointing to go from that Sydney game and the I guess the elation of winning that and thinking. Bloody hell! This is brilliant. And then um, following it up with a pretty average effort against Brisbane, but getting the win to the, the loss against Essendon. But realistically, when do we play well at Etihad? We always yeah. seem to struggle there. It's not an excuse, but um, I didn't go into that game with a great deal of confidence. Um, we played terribly, but if we can if we can get a decent win against Geelong this week, I reckon it's all roses again, my friend. We're we're back.
2: I reckon Phil's now. Absolutely nailed it. I feel as though um, yesterday, we, I mean, the scoreline probably flattered us in the end, only going down by 22 points. But like Kenny, Kenny said, said as well, in the last quarter, we were actually down by 19 points. And the way we played, there was so many skill errors. And to Western's credit, like their pressure was just phenomenal. And, you know, we just made so many errors because of their pressure, I thought. And I watched the game last year. Um, I was actually at that game where we lost by 70 points, and I thought yesterday was going to be a similar result. So I'm actually looking at it as a positive in that we only lost by 22 points, and we probably can't play much worse than that. So, if we, yeah, like Phil said, if we can bounce back against the Cats this week, and um, I think, I know sort of everyone's been talking about the ruck situation, and I, I think we actually did pretty well against the Bombers, but I do feel as though against Geelong with Zach Smith and Reece Stanley that we do need to bring sort of Frampton or Hayes in. Um, and Kenny will say that's silly and stuff like that but we just can't afford to for Dixon to get injured and I think we've got to give these guys a go eventually and now's the perfect time to do it because what you could do you could put Framson or Hayes in the ruck and you could have Westy backing him up or Howard or whatever and then put Dixon deep forward to play his normal role and I think that would work quite well but I'm not a coach so I might be completely wrong with that one
0: so, is there any takeaways from the AFL ladder as it stands, or are you outside of Port Adelaide, or are you guys, um, you know, it's it's a ladder as per normal for you boys?
2: Yeah, I
1: think oh, I think West I, Coast I just reckon no one would have. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you're probably going where I was going. I don't think anyone yeah. would have picked West Coast where they are at the moment.
2: Absolutely, they're a dark horse, guys. I think a lot of people are forgetting that Natanui makes such a big difference to their team, and. You know, he's proved that last couple of weeks against Geelong and then on the weekend against the Suns. And obviously Kennedy coming back into that side, um, they're actually a pretty dangerous side, especially over there. They don't lose in Perth very often. So if they can snag a couple of wins away from home, yeah, they'll be be one of the dark horses, I think. Yeah, I hope not. don't
0: like West Coast either. Actually, I don't like many teams outside of Port Adelaide. I'm, I'm not very cheery, am I?
1: Do you have a second team, Rick? Yeah, they, if Port Adelaide ceased to exist, would nah. you? who would you support or would you be off the whole I'd AFL? Be, I'd probably
0: support the Philadelphia Eagles or something. I honestly, <laughs> if
2: there was no Port Adelaide, I probably wouldn't watch AFL anymore. How about, how about you, Bevan? Um, believe it or not, I've actually always had a big soft spot for the Cats, and it goes all the way back to 9.89 in that grand final against the Hawks. I've, I've always liked the Cats, and I know we're playing them this week, of course. And we, won't, I don't like them this week, but um, yeah, I, I've just always liked them, and I, I love Gary Ablett Junior. and um, and love watching Selwood and Danger go about, and and Tommy Hawkins, and and now Menzel as well. They've got so many good players on their side. So um, yeah, it's they'd probably be my second favourite team. I reckon your second
1: favourite team is the the team that inflicted the worst day in the history of our footy club.
2: I, I know, Come it's, on, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's. Um, it was definitely, but the funny, the funniest thing is that, yeah, that day was horrible, but I actually, because I always sort of had them as my favorite team from going back to the eighties behind port, of course, um, even though that was a horrible day, if there was a team that like we could have lost to, I would have rather been them than any other team, if that makes sense. Like if it was like the crows, that would have been absolutely 10 thousands times worse, but like the cats wasn't as bad because you know, they'd, Lost probably what four grand finals that they were pretty unlucky and you know they had to turn around eventually for them. Unfortunately, yeah, we're at the we're at the uh, the bad point of it. But um yeah, the Cats would I reckon probably my second team.
1: So Bevan, during that grand final, was there a point that you casually slipped off your your Port Adelaide scarf and then quickly, you know, quietly <laughs> put a Geelong one on?
2: No, no. Not? I stayed loyal the whole time. I even wore my Port <laughs> scarf. After the grand final and you know onto the train and everything else, I stayed loyal. So, um, nice. but yeah, no, I was yeah, I was devastated, of course, but not um, as devastated as I would have been if we'd lost. Yes, okay. like to the crows or Collingwood or I'm, something like that. So, I'm with Rick though.
1: Up. Like, for, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you though, Rick. Like, if, if Port Adelaide didn't exist anymore, I'd I'd be done with footy. I've said it a million <laughs> times on Albert and Front Bar. If Port if Port were playing on Friday night and they lose, I don't watch another game all week. All weekend. Oh, wow. I, I you... literally will not touch Fox footy all week. I'm done. Like, I haven't looked. AFL 360, not watching you this week. I'm not watching anything. Until we win again, I've got no interest. Didn't watch any games after that are... game. I'm done. Yeah. I'm that's done. Hate, you. Hate, hate even talking about it right now. Yeah. It's killing me. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about
0: me? I'm in Chicago, got up at 4.30 in the morning to talk about a loss. I mean, that's, uh, you know, how depressing is that? Um, (laughs) Anyway, I've got a topic for us Controversy corner Um, The controversial topic is For people in the chat room And for you guys Has Port stuffed it Not recruiting a ready-made ruck For this season As coverage for Paddy Ryder Considering Ken's come out And said that the rucks that we've got Are nowhere near ready um, to play And we're left in this hole Absolutely we have
1: yeah. I one hundred percent think we have. I reckon we did a fantastic job in the off season, but I think everyone, everyone that you spoke to would have said what's the biggest risk for Port this season? Patrick Ryder goes down. Bang, he yeah. goes down round one. And from what is coming out in the media today, he might still be five weeks away. Oh jeez. Did you did you see that? No. Brendan Lade said it could be look, he could be back in two weeks, it might be another four to five weeks. So that's a massive gap, and I think, look, realistically, we'll know at the end of the season if if he's out for another four or five weeks, and we really struggle during that time, um, then then we have made the wrong call. Um,
2: yeah, you know,
1: yeah. it's yeah. just Trenko's gone. Look, I don't think goes necessarily a, a great backup. Ruckman he's injured anyway, but um, you know, would Woody have got a game. Who knows? But yeah. there needs to be there needs to be a backup. I I if Ken Hinckley says that our ruck stocks aren't where they need to be right now. I'm cool with that. He's a coach. He knows what he's talking about. But if they weren't and they weren't ready, why in the hell did we not get someone to back him up if it happened?
2: Yeah, I understand. I agree with you, Phil. Like, there was guys yeah. like, um, I've forgotten the, the gentleman's name from Melbourne uh, that became available. Uh, he couldn't get a game because of Maxi Gorn. Um, yeah. What was his name? You guys know the guy I'm talking about? He got delisted by the Ds, and he would have been a good backup rackman, I reckon. Played a few games for them. Uh, guy with a beard, youngish sort of guy. Well, I only really watch Port, mate, so you got nothing from me.
0: <laughs> Portia would probably know who you're talking about.
2: Um, Oh, nuts! No, I can't can't remember who he is. But, uh, but yeah, there's, there was definitely a couple of rackmen there that were available and even in the SNFL, there's there's guys that have been rushing for a while that are handy players that could have been worth worth picking up. But yeah, so I think we have definitely missed missed the boat with that one. But I do think that in the next couple of weeks, we've got nothing to lose now. I I'd, I'd put Hayes or Frampton in. We just really we've got to give them a go. Um, otherwise I end up leaving. You know, like they'll go home to Victoria wherever they're from. So I think they've got to. Kenny's got a bite the bullet and give them a go soon. What's your thoughts, guys? I
1: don't reckon he's gonna do it though. He's come out he's come out and said they're not ready. So he, she, there's no way he's gonna turn back and go, Yep, cool, let's bring one of the Ruckman in.
0: Gossip for us. She reckons that Ken disagrees with the readiness of the list managers in relation to the Ruckman. And she also said, Was it Jake Spencer who you were thinking of? Yes, favorite. that's the
2: one yes, Jake Spencer, yeah. Yes, because he, he wasn't too bad. Like he wasn't as good as Maxi Gorn, but he definitely could like he would have been a good backup for Ryder, and I think we missed it with that one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: she, uh, Porsche uh, also <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just read <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? Spencer's shitful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that expression before, but that's so we, that's
2: gonna be my new line. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fair enough, but we, but it's still better than nothing, though, isn't it, guys? <laughs> well,
1: sure oh, look, I look, I get, I get why we got rid of Lobi. He was on a ridiculous contract, and if we could get another team to pay that out, get rid of him. But it's it's definitely a massive hole, and um, you know, it could, in all honesty, if 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 he's gone for another five five weeks, that could cost us a lot this season. 100%. That, that could have the biggest impact on us. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I think Lade's comment, I, I'm hoping it was a bit of a throwaway comment. He said, you know, it could be two weeks, it could be four to five weeks, we really don't know. I'm hoping he's just talking out of his butt a bit and, he, and you know, riders us back in a couple, but I don't know. It's... I I just remember against Fremantle, when when Ryder went down, it really, like, you know, that excitement of that first round and us getting a decent win just sort of went. I'm like, oh, you're kidding. You don't want him down. So I'm sitting there on Twitter rather than watching the game to try and get an update on what's going on.
2: Guys, I'll throw one at you, though. We we didn't have Ryder for the whole Sydney game, right? And in that second half, uh, Dixon was all over Callum Sinclair, who's a very good Ruckman. Um, So you know, it does go to show that we can survive without Paddy against a very, very good side. So, but I do, yeah, I do think we need to play a Ruckman the next couple of weeks and just purely because we've got nothing to lose. And I mean, if Dixon goes down, we're absolutely stuffed. So you'd rather, I mean, obviously we, don't, we hope France and Hayes don't get injured, but you'd rather one of them get injured than Dixon, wouldn't you? Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does make
2: sense.
0: I, yeah. I disagree with that though. I, um, I think uh, the injuries in Ruck now um, are a lot less than what they have been in the past. And if players are going to get injured, um, they're going to get injured regardless of where they play. Um, I know Porsche's just disagreeing. Some people agree with me. But I just think Dixon at the moment is our most influential big man around that contest. And, yeah. uh, and that's where we're, we're losing. And again, it was no coincidence, last quarter of the Essendon, we sort of stabilised with Dixon in the ruck. Um, I think we need him in there. If we're not going to play Frampton, who I think is probably the only person that's possible to ruck, and I know his rucking isn't that great, his round-the-ground ga- is pretty tolerable, um, I think we've got no choice because I think we robbed Peter to pay Paul by playing Howard um, in the, in the centre instead of in defence. And I don't think Howard was the difference in our defensive uh, non-performance, so to speak, but it was definitely okay. a, a component of it. And West was completely useless in there.
2: What about this, guys, then? What if we played – how does this sound? I know Again, I'm, I've got no idea I'm not a coach, but I re- remember Howard played well for Paul in the Magpies uh, last year and kicked eight against Westies. How about we put Howard up forward, we bring Homchin, and then um, – because Jack's been playing some good footy in the Maggies – and then we leave Dixon in the ruck, and then play westie on a wing. How would that work,
1: Phil? Yeah, look, I don't, I don't mind that idea. I'll be honest, I prefer Dixon crashing the packs in the forward line. You know, yeah. I think you know if we put if we put him if we put Digs up forward, it's a pretty inexperienced tall forward line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, yeah. you've got. Oh, I don't know. Look, I, I, it's it's just it's it's a shit situation, you know, for <laughs> that to happen. But you know, hopefully, Paddy's going to be back and firing up in the the finals. But the the question is, how much damage is done between now and then? Um,
2: Hold
1: on. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, if we like... had Butcher on the list still, there there wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. The, butch, kept, yeah kept the Butch. Yeah, uh...
0: we love the Butch. The enigma that is, <laughs> hey, um, I guess the other component to uh, Controversy Corner is then Hinckley and his team, uh, are they out of um, love credits? You know, Is it time to pay up and the coaches perform? Or have they still got another year or two of excuses in them um, to give them a bit of leeway?
1: We're 3-1 at the moment. Yeah, we're, I'd argue
2: we're, we're three and one. We're fifth but, on the ladder. Yeah, yeah. you take that. It's I reckon true. at the other year, especially with um, no Paddy the last three weeks. I think you'd take three and one for sure. I, I, know. Know. I, I think. Look, you sort of look at.
0: You guys have been a bit generous here. I just think there seems to the concern for me is there seems to be repeat patterns of behaviour here that are occurring. We there was alarm bells against Brisbane, and it's been a similar uh, theme. Um, since 2015 Um, there was no real change in the performance this year to last year with Essendon Um, the concerns are coming back from the supporters Um, selection um, issues are still arising Uh, there's an inexcusable talent uh, of our list now so he doesn't have that um, to really uh, uh, use as an excuse Um, so you know, surely uh, with the time that he's had, there's no no more credits for excuses, and it's. Performance. Oh, look
1: the, the the questions the questions would be asked at the end of the end of the season if we if we fail, but we've just re-signed Hinkley for how long? Four years. Uh, got another, yeah, for four yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so he, he's not going anywhere. At least yeah. I, I reckon. I, I honestly think if if we fail this season and we fail next season, they'll probably sack him. But yeah, I reckon, I he's, I reckon he's fine this year. Even if, even if we struggle, um, I reckon next year will be the year that they say, okay, well, you've, you've had time for the list to gel. Um, and if it if it doesn't happen next year, I think he's in a bit, bit of trouble. I, I love Hinkley though. Yeah, it's a and lie. you know, I, I'm probably, I probably do make excuses for him because every time I listen to that bloke talk, I feel inspired. Like I, I genuinely <laughs> like he gets good players to the club. And you can argue he hasn't got the best out of these players and the best out of the club. But I don't know. Like, I, I love the bloke. I genuinely... Um, yeah, I'm with you, good. Phil. I reckon he's going to be a premiership coach for us.
2: Every time, like, at the end of the game, even if we win or lose, one of the first things I, I always look forward to is hearing his press conference. Because even yesterday, mm. like, he always finds a positive out of a negative result. And that's what I love about him. And, you know, like, he's just so good to listen to. Yeah, I'm with you, Phil. I think he's fantastic for us.
0: Yeah. I, look, I mean, I like Hinkley. I want him to be successful. Um, I just think that I could see the same old, same old that um, I've seen repeatedly over the last few years. And I guess, you know, yes, and we're not going to see. I mean, I guess Adelaide is probably going to be the next reflection I mean, if we beat Geelong, and we should beat Geelong, they're going to have the reasons of injuries, um, so that will, and it's at home. Um, so uh, our next test will be uh, Adelaide, I guess, in a few weeks' time. And yeah, we owe we them big show time. Us where we're at.
2: Yeah, we we owe them big time. <laughs> so, we do. That, yeah. yeah, I'm sick of. So who,
1: <laughs> if, who who's better out there though, Rick? If if we got rid of Hinckley, who would you? who would you be pushing for us to replace him with, an untried coach or would you be like, where's yep. the where's the better replacement? You'd go someone untried and risk that?
0: Oh, well, I'm assuming that you wouldn't be able to, well, I guess you could poach somebody. Um, that's a very good, very good question. Uh, you yeah, know, would you want to go down, you know, Ross Lyon seems to be a guy that can extract results out of a mature list. Um, you'd probably look at him. Yeah, he's probably one that's a bit of a mercenary and would jump ship. Um, yeah, obviously, I'd imagine Longhall, Longmire is dug in for the long haul with uh, with Sydney, but I think uh, he'd be a very good, experienced uh, coach to get. Obviously, Clarkson, but you know, I can't see Clarkson going anywhere. Um, so <laughs> uh, you know, they're just pipe dream sort of things. But yeah, so I guess someone like uh, you know, a proven coach from the that's in the system. Yeah, you'd think that uh, Ross Lyon could be potentially targeted. Is he going to be any better than Ken Hinckley? Well, he, he's, he's gotten, uh, or he's taken St Kilda and Fremantle to grand finals. Um, but he's so, never, yeah, he's he hasn't never hit it, though, stage. has he? No, he hasn't hit it. Yeah. But he's gone further than, than Hinckley. Or you might I'll, go with yes, a, an untried
1: coach. No, oh, I'd love to come over. <laughs> I reckon, in, in all honesty, though, you, you look at our list now, we would be a pretty exciting prospect to a coach, like 100%. just on paper. You know, where you look when Hinkley took us over, yeah, not so much. But right now, I think we'd um, we'd be able to to probably snare a, a pretty good coach if, if that's what we wanted to do, because we shouldn't be that far away. No, but I, I, I have faith okay. in Hinckley. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think we've got the best list on paper, guys. I said this to a friend yesterday. I said, our our list on paper is the best list in the competition. We're just not playing to our potential at the moment. We showed it against Sydney, but last two weeks we haven't. And like you said, hopefully we can do it against the Cats this week. I want to ask you guys a question, though, as well. Um, one one player we really missed, I thought, yesterday was the, the other ball, and that was Sam Power Pepper because we just really, Ollie was great, but we really missed that in-and-under sort of Hard nut, sort of guy that you know that the power pepper gives us. Do you guys feel the same way? Yes, oh, good pause. I was waiting for you, well, there, I, was Rick. Waiting,
0: I was waiting for you, Phil. I thought you'd enthusiastically get in there. Yeah, of course. Uh, you now for a young guy, he uh, he's influential and it's his an attack at the ball, is relentless, and um, yeah, so we definitely missed that. And I guess that might have been a selection blunder this week. Uh, uh, Short Attlee uh, may have been the man that need to replace him. But yeah, I'm on Mr. Power Pepper getting injured. On
1: on Mr. Power Pepper though, um, what what's what's happening there with the AFL investigation? It's just,
2: I think it's Is all clear. Is it clear? Isn't isn't it? Is yeah, it clear?
0: No, well, it hasn't, hasn't been officially cleared yet.
2: Oh, it hasn't? Oh, okay. No. Well, cause from what I think, this lady or someone said on the radio that it's he's okay he's ready to be selected this week so let's hope it's all just you know what under the bridge now and we can all move on oh
1: okay as far as i was aware the afl investigation was still happening although um david kosh said a few things that i think were quite telling um you know in relation to i don't know i can't quote him verbatim but along the lines of um Going out there and saying it's sexual harassment, uh, sexual assault. If that might not have happened, you know, we'd have to look into that a bit further. You know, that, that's come out in the media. So, um, I think, I think it's as good as. I, I think the club's pretty confident um, that he's going to be cleared of that. But yeah, no, I just haven't heard anything. Yeah, yeah that, it's all strange. I haven't either,
0: mm. in it. but yeah. It. Bevan, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that too, because from what Koshi was saying about Channel 7, because I, me personally, uh, I agree with everyone's views about the sexual assault um, usage and its inappropriateness to anybody, and Sam Power Pepper wasn't afforded the luxury that the common man would have in relation, or person I should say, in relation to that, uh, with media reporting, it would all be allegedly, and they wouldn't be using that. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, I would be suing if I was him.
2: Yeah, I'm I 100% agree, and that's that's the thing. Social media has its advantages, but geez, it has its disadvantages, and that's one. Certain, you guys have hit the nail on the head there because poor, poor Power Pepper. You know, like he, poor guy hasn't even had a chance to even plead his case or anything, and this girl's come out and gone straight to social media and gone to Channel Seven. Like it's just, yeah, it's so not fair. I, I 100% agree. He has every right to. So I, I'll be doing the that. The thing definitely is, if
1: I, he's he's got no case to answer because there's no case. That's like, right. You, know, you, you haven't taken it to the police. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to say too much and offend people or, or what have you, if, but, like, literally, like, you have gone to the media. The, he doesn't have a case to answer, so why the hell? That's like me turning around and saying, you know, a random Crows player touched me inappropriately. Well, there's yeah. no basis behind it, unless there's basis behind it. And it's gone. If if someone called up a journalist, surely they'd say, "We'll have you reported it to the police." No, come back when you've done that. Hang yeah. up the phone. Like it is ridiculous. Like these are people. If he hasn't done anything wrong, and I know we've probably gone over this, you know, a, a huge amount of times, too many times over the last couple of uh, over the last week or so, but. Yeah, it's annoying. Like if he hasn't done anything wrong, he's been hung out to dry by the media and you won't get an apology. There no, won't be anything. Um, a and, joke. If and if he has done something, go go through the correct channels, report it to the police to a proper investigation and if he's found to be guilty, so be it and they they will, you know, address it as as it needs to be addressed, but yeah, anyway. It's
2: a, it's an interesting one, guys, as well because I know there's this whole us versus them situation with the Crows and Port, and it's it's interesting that the journalist that came out and, and sort of came up this story, story is one of the MCs at the Crows games. So it's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's there's always you know I feel I feel so sorry for Port fans and Port us us in general because the Crows can't do anything wrong, and as soon as we do something wrong, it, it's the whole the whole world knows about it and you know, it's just, a, it's an absolute joke, and yeah, we've always got this reputation of being such a feral club, well, every club's got its ferals, and the Crows have a their fair share, but you know, they can just, they seem to just get away with it all, and as soon as we do something, look at the Paddy Ryder situation, he didn't even, didn't even do anything, and obviously it got cleared in the end, and how much of an absolute, like, laughing stock? all the Crow supporters are laughing at us, and saying, well, you know, we've got all this bad reputation now against us, because of what happened with Cracker, and Jam and Impey, and stuff like that, but the, the story is that every club has their, their dramas. Look at Collingwood, look at Jordan Ngoi and stuff like that. But we seem to be always the ones that get picked on.
0: Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Let's get to the game quickly um, in general. Uh, stats that matter. Uh, Essendon uh, did win, obviously, by 22 points. Uh, they won disposals uh, by about 22 disposals, 387 to 365 um, for those complaining about the free kicks, we won the free kicks, fifteen to twenty-one. We did get a few broken noses and hits in the face, though. Um, clearances, forty-five to forty-one. So we were down significantly and fought back in the clearances. Uh, we were down by ten in the inside fifties. Contested possessions, we pretty much broke even, one forty-four to one forty-two. Um, tackles, uh, hitouts. You know, we we're only seven down in the hitouts, and we were noticeably down in the interchanges, only using 75 from 90, which I think could have been uh, because of some of the injuries that we were exposed to with Marshall, with concussion, Rockcliffe with a calf. Um, someone's already posted up on Spreaker Chat that uh, Rockcliffe might be out for two to three weeks with the uh, uh, with the calf injury. Now, just a, my observations from the game, and then I'm happy for you guys to uh, contribute what you thought. Um uh, our defensive structure was pulled apart. I think Jason Dunstall pulled it, uh, pointed out correctly in the third quarter. Ports lost their um, their system. Uh, Essenton were repeatedly able to get one on ones um, exposure uh, in our defensive fifty, which uh, uh, led to a more convenient uh, marking contests for them. They were also able to get over the top of our zone and uh, and get those Joe De Goose goals, so to speak. Not in, not only that. Um, they seem to be kissed on the dick by a fairy because anything they touch resulted in <laughs> a goal. E.g., uh, Jake Stringer's uh, uh, little uh, on the full sprint on the run, uh, kick across the body for a goal. I mean, it, it just didn't seem like our day. But I guess the most concerning thing was, even though we're complaining about the ruck, um, we nearly matched them for hitouts. Uh, the quality of hitouts may not have been as good, but. Our midfielders seem to be sloppy. They seem to not be able to handle the ball too well. Ever since the Sydney game, lots of fumbles. Um, our captain is—it uh, was discussed on the big footy thread. Our captain seems he's doing well, but yeah, he's fumbling a lot. Dropped a couple of sitters. Um, so yep. our, our, it didn't seem like our midfield worked hard enough for the game. Our execution was down. Our skills were sloppy, and our delivery inside fifty was back to last year and the year before levels, where we just bombed it and uh, and weren't hitting up targets like we were in previous weeks overall leading us to not perform to our standards that we should be and resolving at a loss uh, what did you guys get out of the game and what do you agree with and disagree with there
1: what you said I'm just gonna go with what you I reckon our skills were terrible absolutely terrible on the on the weekend Um. And you know, obviously, we don't have the GPS figures or anything like that, but our work rate seemed down. We just didn't really seem to be to be pushing, and I'm sure they were, um, but it was just such a. It was, I think, for for me, the the big thing was after what happened against Essendon last season. I expected more. I expected us to come out firing. We've been talking about you know, the, as a club, the way that you know the starts have been poor. Um, and then we just came out and got smashed in the first term. It was like, you know, what have we learned? What have we learned? It was a, a really disappointing effort um, from a work-rate perspective, and the skills just weren't there. Decision-making was quite
2: poor. Yeah, there was only a few guys that could really sort of hold their head high, and I thought Robbie Gray was superb with his 39 disposals. Wesley tried pretty hard all day, and, and Ollie had a crack with his 27, which is, you know, his usual kind of... Uh, usual game, and he tried to be as, as hard as he could in and under, but there were, there just wasn't enough guys contributing. Uh, I feel as though, I, I love Stevie, Stevie Motlott, but I just don't feel like he's contributing enough at the moment. Jack Watts kicked a few goals, but he just didn't influence the game as, you know, yeah, he did kick a few goals, but he just didn't influence the game enough as what we needed. And Toddy Marshall tried hard again, but yeah, his concussion obviously affected him. And Wingard is another one, guys, that's just just doesn't seem to be at his best this year, he's such a good player. We know how good he is, but he's he's either not fit from that hamstring or he just, just doesn't seem to be the same wing guard that we expect. And um, we just got killed. Essendon just won the ball so much more than us. And their pressure, especially in our forward line, like we were just constantly under pressure. And to their credit, they were just on us the whole time. And we were just making silly skill errors. Like there was that situation where poor Dan Houston – He's got tackled, and I think he might have thought it was a port player yelling out to him. He's handled it towards the Essendon goals, and they've ran straight into an open goal. And that pretty much just summed up our day. And then, yeah, as you mentioned as well, Ricky, um, Travis Boak dropping a couple of easy marks that you normally expect him to take. And it was like it was like we were playing in the wet because our skill level was so bad and, and just terrible turnovers and skill errors that you'd expect, you know, in the wet, but not so much in the dry conditions that we had yesterday at Eddie had. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, not not a good game to, to look at the tape of, and let's hope we can just move on and go better against the Cats.
0: There's a couple of interesting things there. Um, uh, on the wing guard, I don't think wing guard's as bad as what everyone's thinking. Um, he uh, He's still he's, he's high in the goal assists. He's influencing the game. I just think he doesn't have that spectacular component that he had a few years ago, and... I guess, uh, I don't know if that's the conservative approach to the coaches and they've tried to take that flare out. Um, but yeah, he's, I think he's just more workman, workman-like rather than flary. And I think the other thing is um, uh, what you're saying about bo you know, missing that mark that he should have taken. Um, my takeaway from Travis over the last couple of years especially has been that he's, he fumbles a lot now and he's not a clean user with the ball like he used to be um and it's a is it a concern because i there's my history now recollection of travis is that he fumbles the ball a lot and some and his his uh motor skills to kick under pressure like this year his goals under pressure like instinctively have been good but when he's got a little bit of time he uh he seems to be a bit poor with his execution um
2: yeah Good point. Against Sydney, he was superb, wasn't he? In that third quarter, he turned the game around for us. So I guess we look at that and think, yeah, at his at his best, he's an absolute superstar and one that you know one of the best players in our team. But then, yeah, like you said, he just yesterday and the last couple of years, he hasn't been himself. And I don't know, maybe it's because Kenny's playing him as a high forward um, role more than what he used to play when you know he played predominantly midfield. So I don't know whether he's feeling like a bit of a fish out of water. And all this, I don't know what you guys think as well, but all this speculation about Ollie Wines being our next skipper, surely that must also have a bit to do with it. Because mentally, you know, you, I do feel a bit sorry for Travis because it's like, hang on a second, <laughs> he's our captain this year. Give the guy a break. Stop talking about Ollie and Ollie's future and Ollie as skipper because Travis is our skipper. So let him, you know, do his thing this year and then see what happens next year.
0: Yeah, look, I don't, uh, I wouldn't think that... Uh... You know, as a player, he would uh, he would be sort of like, oh, you know, oh, I'm on, am i captain on the field, you know, sort of thing. Um, I'm sure he, I'm sure once he's out on the field and yeah, you know, he's had he's been six years as a captain in the AFL now, so um, he's the longest service captain uh, in the AFL. So I'm sure uh, you know he knows that at the age of 30. Um, his time is coming and he'll probably be embracing Ollie if it is Ollie um, yeah. to be the next captain when he's due so uh, yeah I don't know if it's that maybe it's just the pressure of wanting the team to succeed and he's thinking of the importance of what he needs to do uh, when he needs to do it instead of just thinking about doing it and uh, yeah. yeah so maybe there's yeah maybe, and that's probably leads to the Thumbles you know I mean, why do people fumble in games? It's because they're they're getting ahead of themselves instead of just being in the moment. So, yeah, it could be potentially the distraction of being captain and knowing that he has to perform uh, for the, the impact on the game, and that's getting to him.
2: Did you guys see as well yesterday? One thing that also concerned me: Robbie Gray was about thirty meters out, or maybe thirty, like not much more than thirty meters, and he handled a Pollock and. I just found that strange. It's like Robbie, you can keep this goal. Why didn't you go back and kick it? Did you? Do you guys remember that incident? And Pollock missed the goal, and sort of, it was a bit of a turning point in the game. I felt.
0: Yeah. Look. Uh, look. Pollock's supposed to be our best kick. Um, it was in the open. He was unmarked. I actually didn't have a problem with it. I know a lot. Of, a lot of people are saying Robbie, you should have owned it. But yeah. yeah. Robbie isn't the best set-shot-kick for goal at times, especially from that mid-range distance. Probably him and Westhoff both have issues around that 35-40 metre mark sometimes. Um, yeah. So uh, I think uh, Pollock took ownership and ran past Ars for it. He should have kicked it. Um, yeah, he probably... Yeah. 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 Ian on the chat room is saying the same thing, Robbie, why, why? Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Portia reckons Robbie Gray is... Um, is like Mat- Matty Primus, uh, and I think so. Yeah, he, ha- I think he gets the yip sometimes. I mean, he's a good set shot when he's in the zone, but there's po- there's moments. Um, but yeah, look, it's just Pollock. Wonder he ran past, asked for it, got it. He should have kicked it. And for Pollock, really, um, it's an easy uh, an easy goal. What do you think, Phil? Was uh, should Robbie have taken the shot, or was he happy? Was he all right to handball it off?
1: Well, it didn't work out, so no, he he should have taken the shot. I think you know, I had a bit of mentioned this on Outback Front Bar last night. That's probably my one little frustration with Robbie Gray is he always he always seems to look to give it off when yeah. he's in four fifty. Then there's that little it might just be half a second, um, you know, one second where his first thought always I don't know seems to be let's give it off rather than back himself in. Um, but you know that's a, a minor complaint. But absolutely, you know that's what he's paid to do. You go back and you kick those. Um,
0: it's, it's, a, Phil, it's the sum of um, it's the sum of all things. And as a leader in the in the in the team, if you're not willing to take and execute under pressure, and you don't execute under pressure, it filters down to the other people in the team. And, yep. And uh, and I think that's the problem. And that's you know, that's where I've come back to. You know, we've, we've been executing the same stuff for the last five years now. Um, we've had the same regular people that we rely on that are great players, but they are great players that do seem to struggle under pressure at times. And, mm. um, you know, maybe there is something there that we have to look at. And I know it's crazy. Robbie had a 28-odd uh, possession game. Uh, thirty nine was, not it? Oh, yeah. yeah, thirty yeah, nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know he had a lot of the ball, but at the same time, yeah, you need to execute under pressure as a leader.
2: Yeah, yeah and yeah.
1: it's so it's so disheartening. Like when something like that happens, you know, as a supporter, you drop your head. How do you think they go out in the field? I mean, yeah. Pollock,
2: yeah. If
1: Pollock, as far as I'm concerned, Pollock's as much to blame though. If he's called for it, back yourself in and kick the bloody thing. Kick the goal. Um, yeah, yeah. And then that would have been fine. We wouldn't have even been speaking about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just – it was frustrating. It summed up the, the day for us. There were so many missed opportunities in front of goal um, that really could have got us back in the game. And, you know, yeah. I, I genuinely think even when we got to 19 points, there wasn't a point during that game where I genuinely thought we were coming. Oh, I, I thought we got – we got – got it to a respectable level, but there wasn't a point in that game during the third or fourth quarter where I thought, oh, we're a chance here, um, which is disappointing. I think yeah. we we stuck with them enough that it looked relatively respectable on the scoreboard, but I don't think we had a shot at all.
2: Guys, so, I'll just ask well, sorry, yeah. just quickly, um, what's your thoughts on, on Stevie Motlop so far? I know it's only four games into the season, but what do you think of his output so far?
1: Um, oh, well, I'd give him a, give him a pass mark. He, he was pretty terrible on uh, on Sunday, but I'd, I'd give him a pass mark overall. But yeah. I think it's yeah, it's really about his consistency, isn't it? Hopefully, he can um, you know, he, the guy can be an absolute match winner, but you just want to see it more often.
2: That's yeah, that's I,
0: I, I give him a pass. I think we needed his speed. Uh, I've been impressed by how much speed he's actually got. Um, yeah, but everyone was down on the weekend. It was uh, it was just a woeful performance, and yeah, look, we lost our structure. And um, yeah, look, I guess uh, with Rockcliffe out, I guess the the one thing is having a full fit team. Hopefully, um, if that's possible in the in the twenty two, will will hopefully allow uh, the players to be able to play their natural positions and then
2: get a true gauge. So like- And what do you guys think if Todd Marshall goes out this week with concussion, who comes into the side? Could we see, like, a a Lindsay Thomas or a Jack Trengo? I mean, Jack Trengo's been tearing it up in the SANFL and racking up lots of touches. Or do you think they might go for a younger guy?
1: Well, there's no life for life replacement, is there?
2: No.
0: Well, unless you go for maybe a young Sam Hayes that... Yeah, you know, the Rutman, and he goes forward. Yeah. I, mean, I know I know people are saying that he, uh, he he's too, too thin and he'll get pushed off the ball so far, but, um,
1: but okay. I mean, Toddie Marshall's not exactly a bloody a threatening tank, is he? He's a <laughs> <laughs> look, I know, I... it'd still take me bang, knock me out, cold. Not but what um, you were
0: saying the other day, you were, you were saying you'd you'd take down Sam Gray. You, you're that
1: type. Hey, I... okay. Let's just have a chat amongst the three of us. Put your, like, just say I if you've beaten Tim Ginevra in an arm wrestle. I. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, just me. Just me. All right. So continue amongst yourselves. You, you're job, speaking of a hard man right now. I heard you
0: slipped him a 50 to lose that.
1: <laughs> mate, I owned him. Owned him. You
0: know, you know, he's like five foot tall, Phil. And you're like, <laughs> you're like matter, six
1: it doesn't matter. He's still, he still, he he was still at one, point a professional athlete, and um, you know I I um, and there was a point he said, "You're pretty strong, Phil." I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I am."
0: Hey, so about, anyway, isn't he about
1: sixty? <laughs> as as Marchie said during the show, he's a 52 year old with arthritis, but <laughs> that's not the point. The point <laughs> of the is, so like you? I'll, could you? <laughs> yeah, I still I still beaten him in arm wrestling, so, and uh, that, Kudos that's to me.
0: feel. I walked past the uh, primary school the other day and stole some candy off a 10-year-old kid. You know, I mean, there's uh, there's victims everywhere. <laughs> Come on. Let's, uh, let's get Just real. Just
1: jealous, then. mate. Rick, <laughs> hey, um, when you're back in Australia, mate, I'm going to take you on yeah. an arm wrestle challenge as well. Right. I'm right. I'm hitting the weights.
0: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm putting in a preface now that I'm a, I'm a cardio man. I'm a I'm Mr. Endurance. Uh,
1: hey, I, I yeah, know. you think you're cardio. Did you see my Facebook? Did you the, see who did... Uh, who did Mount Lofty on Wednesday?
0: Yeah, how long did it take you? Four hours,
1: mate. It took forever. <laughs> and then I had a, I had a lot of chafing as well. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm never doing that again. That is bloody terrible. Would you t- be able to run up Mount Lofty? Or and it's a longer route now because the the flooding. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. My wife beat me by 15 minutes. Though what I'll tell you that you? she's come back down. What did you do it in? A long time. It doesn't matter. What, what's a good time? What. What's a what's a reasonable time?
0: Oh, I think if you did it in uh, an hour. It's, and 40,
1: it's like five k's now. It's about five k's now. An hour and
0: forty-five. An hour and fifty.
1: Ah, oh, no, I think it was probably a little bit longer. Yeah, just a little bit. But really? like, no, probably about two. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> of oh, whatever, like okay, if you take my breaks out of it, it was probably less than it was <laughs> less than an hour. <laughs> I took a few breaks. I chafing, man. Like no. you, you don't understand how much I struggled to walk after that. The uh, anyway, enough about my uh, excuses. excuses. So,
0: <laughs> agree or disagree, time, boys, as we get close to the end of the show. Um, my top three: I had Tom Jonas number one, Robbie Gray number two, and Jared Polek number three.
2: Do you agree uh, dis-
0: or disagree?
2: Disagree. I had, I had, I had, Ro- I had Robbie, I had Westy, and I had Ollie. Stark eyed Bobby.
0: yeah,
1: Westy and Jonas.
0: Yeah, I think Jonas did a great job on Danaher, and he was our he was our leader down back, and really uh, took the fight to the uh, Essendon uh, forwards uh, under a lot of pressure. I um, and uh, I think Robbie, because of his um, lack of execution at in that key moment, knocked him down a little bit, and yep. um, and. Our man McAfee, he was scathing on Ollie Wines. He gave him one out of. Ten. What? He gave him one, one. out of. Ten. He uh, he bashed him. He was not happy at all because um, Ollie he reckons Ollie made Myers, who is no good at all, look like a demigod. Uh, Myers had his most possessions I think since 2014. Um, most goal assists. Um, yeah, Myers ain't that good, and he just burn off Ollie. But saying that. Um, do you think Ollie was maybe carrying that ankle injury from the previous week?
2: Yeah, probably. I think that would have had a little bit to do with it. But I felt as though Ollie sort of kept us in the game because, again, just he was one of the few ones that wanted to put his head over the footy and, you know, provide a a contest for us that we were really lacking. And I saw a couple of times there where, I'm not going to name names, but some of the guys just were, were passengers out there. But Ollie was always the one that would put his head over the footy um, not be afraid to get hurt, and he does it week in, week out. So I think that's a bit harsh to give him a one out of ten.
1: Yeah, agreed. You're never going to question his his commitment, but one out of ten, man, that's
2: that's scathing, isn't it? That is scathing. <laughs> he's a
0: he's a tough taskmaster, our macker
2: Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah,
0: but uh, anyway, we're close. We're it's not as controversial as uh, what I was expecting, but um, <laughs> we're all about the mark. But, uh, yeah, look, Westoff was uh, an, uh, an honourable mention, I guess. He, uh, he, he actually was pretty consistent for the game. And I must, I must give him credit. I've been quite critical of him over the journey. But um, he uh, 2017, he's actually, um, yeah, his work rate's been up there and his effort's been up there yeah. and he's giving 100%.
2: Yeah, I agree. And also, yeah, Jonas would have been definitely. Yeah, that would have been if I had to say my other one. That would have been yeah. Who would have definitely been the top four or five for sure. But that was just my top three. So. Yep. No
0: yeah. dramas. Boys, is there anything you want to contribute as we uh, end the uh, end the show? But um, I can't even. I don't. Can't even be bothered talking about the Magpies because the scoreline looked woeful, and I
1: didn't. See didn't scores. it? <laughs> yeah, did. I didn't see it either. But yeah, yeah. it was um, yeah. It did. I'm kind of glad I wasn't at that game because it didn't look like it would have been the most exciting thing. Um, but now I'm, I'm all good. Thanks for thanks for
2: having me on, Rick. It's been fun. Thanks, for guys. I just want to quickly yeah, I just want to quickly ask you before we go. Stevie Summoner has to be surely one of the most unlucky guys not to have ever played AFL footy. What? How many times has he had thirty plus of the Maggies? I know he's people say he's too small, but he is an absolute superstar and I reckon an AFL club should have given him a chance Port being one of those what's the thoughts just quickly
1: I reckon he's unlucky to to have played so many games for Port Adelaide and not win a bloody premiership <laughs> yeah that's if true. nothing else like you know the, the poor bugger like he's at two grand finals that have been lost by less than a kick um he bleeds yeah. for the club you know I whether or not he was I don't think he, he probably wouldn't have been more than a than a sort of average kind of AFL player, or you know. But it would have been nice for him to get a game or two. But I, I feel for him. Hopefully, he can he can get a premiership before he he retires. What's the that's, difference yeah, between
2: pretty, him and Sam yeah. Gray? Not much. Yeah, that's yeah, not much. Nah, not
1: much and that, No, that, he I reckon he's a he's a pretty good sort of pretty good comparison, besides the fact that Sam Gray looks like Frodo.
2: <laughs> but like, Maybe for example, S- guys,
0: Stevie
2: yeah. Summers surely could slot into Carlton's team at the moment.
0: Yeah, but Phil could even
1: slot into Carlton's team at the moment. Hey mate, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I took the kids out and had a bit of a leg yesterday afternoon, and I wasn't as bad as what I remembered. Well, did, did you know, Bevan,
0: didn't you know Bevan that Phil uh, beat Timmy G in an arm wrestle?
1: Well, he could be. Did I say, have I mentioned that? Almost beat John Butcher as well. <laughs> He's fit
0: to play. Uh, he's fit to play uh, for Carlton and put on the boots.
1: Okay, everyone, everyone listening to Port Fan Radio now. When Rick comes back to to Adelaide, there's going to be a Phil v Rick arm wrestle challenge. Unless, hey, uh, are... just just quickly, You're just before, are, are you good at arm wrestles, Rick?
0: Uh, I've done okay in the past.
1: Like, what sort <laughs> of what would your win win ratio be? Okay, let's not worry about it. I'm oh, all good I picked, my tar-
0: <laughs> I picked my targets, though. Okay. <laughs> Come on, I'm an old man now. I'm 45 and, you yeah. Oh, know, yeah, you should be able to take me down.
1: All right, cool. Done. We're and on. Then we We're won't on. have a running challenge.
0: Yeah, let's do a running challenge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, we do a lofty challenge. I'll start could, now.
0: We could do it. What about we do, like, the, the Phil and Rick Decaflon? We'll, uh, we pick, we pick ten events and we see how we go.
1: Okay, we'll do I'll beer come, drinking. And yeah, and
0: beer drinking could be one of them because uh, you All need right. to have something you're an advantage in, and we could have yep. a couple of footy-related ones: an arm wrestle, running one, a swimming one, a bike riding one, and premature
1: uh, ejaculation one. I could probably win that as well.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know if the audience want that one in there, but we could always throw that. We could always throw that one in there.
1: I just need a couple of seconds, my friend. That's all I need. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Portia quickly just asked, is Phil the same height as Geneva, or is this like challenging Brendan Lay to picking things up off the
1: ground contest? Okay, look, the, the height's relevant. The, the fact is that there's one person who, who played 314 games for Port Adelaide versus me and oh, I owned him. And there, there was a point where you could see the fear in Tim's eyes. He's like he's going to break my arm here. He's the strongest bloke I've ever come up against. That's I'm exaggerating slightly, but um, I, I won, so I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I'm you looking, very
0: much. I'm looking forward to your uh, story of the ten year old arm wrestle next week, Phil. So, uh, <laughs> all right, boys, we'll leave it there. Thanks for everyone tuning in, and um, yeah, go power and hopefully they get the chocolates against Geelong this week.
2: Let's hope so, Cheers, boys. Guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you bye. Watch bye. Play.